Greetings all. Welcome to another Chief Yuya podcast. I'm of course Chief Yuya and um you know, we're going to be building on a couple of things this seventh day. But more importantly, of course, the, the times, you know, how could we not speak about uh what's going on right now in the world with uh COVID-19 and the collapse and the fall of uh the global economy? And all of the fear and the panic that's been uh, going on throughout the world and, of course, throughout America, which is really uh, the epicenter of so much of it. And uh, we'd be amiss in our in our work and in our jobs as uh, Anu or those who are sustaining the principles and the morality and the cognition of heaven throughout the worldly sphere. We'd be remiss in our duties if we did not. Uh, provide some measure of direction and pointedness for what's going on right now. So, you know, the last, uh, I did a live recently and I was able to speak about a few, a few things. Um, uh, one in particular, uh, just kind of speaking about where we are today and, and kind of, uh, how we ended up here. We were able to speak about a bit and, um, you know, and I was able to answer some, some questions. I, I hope, I was hoping that able to answer some of your questions, but you know, in this segment, um, you know, one of the things I did was I spoke about the bitter branches and, you know, I revealed, you know, a lot of people were surprised when I was reading from the book of Mormon. Um, but like I've, I've often said, I don't necessarily study the things that, uh, I teach the public because, you know, it, it's, you can't you can't expect if you go into a place where there's priest and there's shaman that you are all studying the same thing at the same time. They obviously had to go through a school of thought um, and maybe even a secret school of thought in order to become who and what they are. So what you may be studying or even struggling with, they might not be or what you may be impressed by when it comes to information maybe far beyond them. Um, but, you know, just like any secret, secrets are all meant to be revealed. They're not like mystery. As I often say, mysteries will stay mysteries, you know, because they're used to shroud the truth, whereas secrets are used um, to hold the truth for those who are ready to receive them. And the best teaching has multiple angles to it, you know. So um, there's many different schools that I've gone through. In fact, my brother said something to me recently that I thought was so interesting. Uh, he makes, he, he's really good at analogies, you know. Um, and he was saying, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been noticing something about you and the way you study. Cause, you know, he sees me at home. You know, he sees the things that I have set up in the books I read and, and the ways that I ritualize at home. And then he also sees how I, I teach the public. And then he sees how I teach my inner, my inner, inner student, my actual, what we can honestly say, disciples, those who are, um, and a di- disciple just means one who's disciplined within a certain teaching or a certain doctrine. That's all. So, um, and he was saying, you know, I'm noticing that everything lines up. Like you, you, you've been saying the same thing for a long time, but it's like, it's a flower that unfolds. There's so many layers to it. And then he used the example. He said, I realized something. He said, you're Batman. And I was like, okay, where, where, where are you going with this? And he was like, you know, you studied with like the League of the League of Shadows, 
believe it's League of Shadows, the League of Assassins, one of them. He was like, but you know, like you could have went the direction of like Ross, Ross Ghoul or Ross Ghoul, whatever his name is. And he was like, you have the same knowledge that he has, but you came in and into it with a different kind of a, agenda and intention. So you know all of the dark stuff. And what he was referring to at that time was like Voodoo and Palo and things. You know, we were having a conversation about that because he was like, how do you resolve the two? And I thought it was a good conversation because people have been asking me that. That's been coming up more and more lately. How do you resolve the two? You speak about Yah. You speak about us, you know, you or you being uh, a Hebrew, you being an Israelite, you know, by by national blood lineage. But at the same time, you're a Babalao. How do you resolve? And then sometimes you say you're more. What, what is it? You know, and obviously it's, it's an understanding that one has to have. Because sometimes when you hear certain words like more or Hebrew or, or Israelite, your mind goes to what society has pro- programmed you to go to because the society is trying to keep you away from the truth. You know, so uh, we had a good talk about that. And then he was like, yeah, you like that. You know, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but I said one day maybe I will do a, a segment or just break because what he was saying made a lot of sense, you know. Um, and I said it, it, it's very interesting. I never looked at myself like that, but he was like, "Yeah, like you, you, you've got you've got a lot of initiations that you don't even tell people about. You've studied a lot of systems that you don't tell people about, you know. And by time you present yourself to the public, you you, you take all these different skills and techniques that you have." To try and, and you narrow it down to like one, one, one cohesive thought. And, um, you know, but if they knew all these other things, you know, like you study this, you study that, you talk to these type of people, you talk to that type of people, you know, um, you know, and, it, you know, he's seen like the satanic Bible on my desk and stuff. And he's like, but you're not into that. Yeah, but you got to study it. You know, you got to, you got to know what's going on around you, but not everyone is built to know what's going on around them. And that was an important thing. You know, um, sometimes people ask questions like, well, what do you study, chief? Tell me what you, you, you can't study what I study. You're not designed for it. Everyone is not born to be a priest. Everyone is not born to be a chief. And unfortunately, in the spiritual communities, that's what people tell you so they can extract money from you. So as soon as you come for a reading or try to get some direction in your life, the next conversation is, you know, you, you need to get initiated into this and initiated into that. But you might not even be that. That's not even your calling. That's not what you're here for. You know, maybe you're supposed to be deeply entrenched in politics. Or maybe you're supposed to be deeply entrenched in astronomy or, you know, um, or find or, or economy and teach people about finances. You don't necessarily need to devote your life uh, to a spiritual discipline as a priest would. And it might not be in you to do that. You might not have that concentration of mercurial substance where you can travel between the sulfur, you know, and, and, and travel between the salt or travel between the body and the spirit in a fluid way and not get caught. Everyone doesn't have that. Everyone doesn't need to have it despite their bragging and their boasting. So it was very interesting. So, uh, you know, just he and I were having dialogue about different books I was bringing up. And I was like, well, you check this out and this and that. He was like, yeah, you got all these different different stuff you study. And, and he was asking me some questions about how do you resolve this to that and that to that and still stay where you're at. And, you know, I was explaining this. And I have an understanding of a reach. That's why I'm able to teach it the way I do. And 
it's because of where I'm rooted and I'm standing that allows me to understand all of this stuff. And he was like, so you like, I see, it seems like you've mastered these different disciplines, climbing your way through like a rite of passage. And I said, no, I haven't mastered. Um, I don't want to master anything. You know, I'm, I've become very proficient, but I, when you're talking about, whether you're talking about dark art, you know, or spiritual art, you can't master art. It just doesn't work that way. You can become really good at it, you know, but you'll never master an art, you know, because the art is inspired from a uh, spirit and the better you get at it, the more it grows. So you can never catch it. You know, it's like an expanding stomach. The more you put in it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you're never fully satiated. You know, so art is the same way, any kind of art. So, you know, I, that's a prelude to what I'm, what I'm getting ready uh, to share with, uh, with those of you who are listening, <laughs> you know, those of you who have the air to listen, uh, I'm going to read to you a little bit, right? And, um, you know, we're going to go in a couple of little directions here, but before, before I do that, I want to, I want to say something very important to you all. You know, we're getting a lot of different reports about who's dying and now who's more susceptible and who's dying more and things like that. And, you know, there's something that I often tell you all, and that's all skin ain't kin. You know, so when you're hearing reports, for those of you who are melanin rich and you're hearing things like, well, in the African-American community, uh, the portions are high. You know, if you're still identifying yourself with the hordes of people who are identified by color, then your fight is over anyway. You're done. All skin ain't kin. Just because someone is identified as black or as African American, and I know you might hear a lot of other, uh, I don't know if I want to say thought leaders, but online people tell you opposite. I've heard the opposite. You know, we need to come together, man, forget all this division and this and that and that. Nah, we don't all need to come together because some people are wicked. And the thing is, you have to know your people, then you have to know your family. You see, so uh people who are on the planet who are melanin rich, those are my people. Right? Those are my people. Uh But there's a difference between people and family or people and nation. We're not of the same nation. We're not of the same kin. We're not of the same family. But we may be of the same grouping of people. You see, so it, there's a huge difference. So, I can embrace somebody as my brother who may not look like they're of my people. And then I can look them in the eye and say, yeah, we ain't, you ain't my people. But they may be my brother or my sister based on lineage and spiritual divine, spiritual design, formation, composition, and matrix. They may be my people. And, you know, they may be my family or my kin or part of my nation, more importantly. They may be Anu Nation, but they may not be my people. And that's the beauty of the Anu Nation, because you're going to find that genius of Anu scattered across the nations. That's just how it is. You know, just like you find melanin rich people scattered across the globe. You go to Mexico, you go to Australia, you go to China, you go to Japan. Uh, you can go to, uh, obviously, the Americas uh, prior to the Ma'afa, you know, um, South America, Europe. Uh, it's pretty much, uh, oh, Alaska, the Arctic. There's pretty much nowhere you can go and not find um, 
ancient trace history of melanin-rich people there, scattered throughout the globe. These are our people, but not necessarily our nation, for those of us who are Anu. And I understand that you all are not. So, you know, I'm not not trying to place that, put a guilt trip <laughs> on, on all of you in that sense. Right? So, it's important when you're hearing these reports that you understand what you are and who you are. See, and we're going to go on. Uh, let me turn. I want all this off. Right? I know normally when you hear me speak, I always got all these buzzers going off. Because I'm always working on a lot of things, but I'm, I, I want I want you to really hear me. So I'm just give me a moment. I'm turning all these ringers off. I'm turning putting everything on. I have two phones in front of me, my tablet, and I have my iPad, and I have my desktop computer all running. That's how much work I'm doing at once. <laughs> so I'm gonna mute everything. All right. There's something important I want you to understand, and, and, I, and I really hope you dig into this one. You know, a lot of times I feel like uh, when I give the most potent information, those are usually the videos of the podcast with the least amount of views. And that is what it is, right? <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes when I'm going back through my own archives, I'd be like, oh, man, I really like this one. And I'll look and I have like 300 listens. And I'm like, man, they don't know what they missed, <laughs> you know, on this one. And then it might be like if you go to my Arisha channel, I have snippets of me talking about Ogun or Oshun or Shango. And they're only like nine minutes each. 20,000 views, you know, 50,000 views. I got other videos, 90,000 views, right? But let me break down systematic cultural oppression, you know, and pseudo-racism. 200 views. <laughs> well, not that low, but you know, around there, maybe at the top out around 400 views, you know. Um, and I'm laughing because it's, you know, it's, there's, there's a humor to it, right? So this might be one of those. This might be one of those because it's an important one and all the important, the important ones seem to get a little suppressed. Um, you know, a lot of times going through this journey of, uh, online uh, scholarship, we'll say, right? Uh, from, from the perspective of the student, uh, people who are, are learning, you know, and kind of getting all their information from folks online, you know, sometimes it's, there's kind of like um, this lack of discernment as it pertains to who's really real and who's not. Because people can be really um, taken away by information. And there's an assumption that if someone has a lot of information and they have a lot of character or they have a lot of leadership capability, and they're not the same thing because you don't really need a lot of information to have to be a great leader. You just got to know how to lead, you know, and of course be born to do it. And you don't have to be a great leader to have a lot of information. I mean, truthfully, a lot of us have a lot of information nowadays because it's so easy to get information. Um, but does the information immediately move to action? And then does that action immediately move to an understanding when you're able to sit and look at this is what I am, this is what I've done? In most instances nowadays, no, no. Right? So when I'm speaking to you, I'm giving you what's called the living waters. You know, you, you hear me speak about water 
in uh, my book, Shrine and Altar. And in it, I speak about the, the very important role that water has, water being that container of consciousness, right? But as I knew, you know, water is an important thing. You know, I had said something recently. I was, uh, somebody had commented on one of my, seg- one of my like little clips in the IG. And, <laughs> you know, they, we were kind of joking a little bit, but they said a joke like, you know, chief, I, like, just say, I told you so, you know, like, cause I was saying in one of the segments, I'm not going to say, I told you so, I told you so with all these things that are happening. And I almost said it in the clip and, you know, and I stopped myself and I said, I told you. Mm. And then I was like, ah, let me skip that. And I kept talking. So the person put a comment was like, just say, I told you so. And, um, and I said, no, I won't do that yet. You know, I got to be a little bit more classy because Noah, Noah preached for 120 years about the flood. You know what I mean? So my little, you know, uh, 15, 20 years, I mean, I've been doing this work for about 30, but, uh, let's just say, but I'll just say 20 for the amount of time I've been really trying to, well, actually it's been, you know, it's been about from the beginning trying to wake people up, maybe even longer than 30 actually. But anyway, but it, it ain't 120, <laughs> obviously. Right. Um, but you know, one of the things I had put in the comment was Noah slash new because new is, is, is that, that it, it means, you know, that sailor or water. Noah, Noah is a very ancient term. And most likely originally it was new or noon, not necessarily Noah, you know, but that, that inclusion and that understanding of, of water, you know, in, um, South American, not South American, excuse me, Australian culture, Aboriginal culture, you have like the term Manu. Um, interesting. They also use Manu, uh, in Korea and it means sailor, Ma-nu. Now we know Ma is water, like, uh, you know, Mami, Wata, Mami or Marine, you know, things like that. But the Manu or the Man, you know, eventually became synonymous with the term water, you know, um, or like Min. Min, M-I-N also means water, where you get terms like Minnesota or Minneapolis, city of water, you know, because um, Opolis is water, you know, Minneapolis, water. Anyway. So you have that concept of that new or that manu, that new, uh, or noon or newt being, uh, or, you know, synonymous with that idea of water. You know, like we have the name Israel, you know, or Jacob, you know, it was later became Israel, Yeshrael, really. and, uh, one who was born of water, one who was, one who was born of noon, right? So that new again. So, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from those waters, from those ancient waters, right? I'm speaking Anu from the ancient water and it's living, it's eternal. And a lot of times, uh, I hear people claiming a lot of occult title. You know, I'm priestess, I'm Baba this, I'm Ea this, I'm queen this, I'm king that, I'm a witch, I'm a warlock, I'm a sorcerer. And they're none of those things because one of the first ways that you know is that they can't heal anybody. None of the people under their charge get healed. None of them. Now, it's not to say that everyone gets healed that comes under real teaching because you got people who are just of a reprobate mind who they're just not interested in, you know, in changing. 
<laughs> truth be told, they're not interested in receiving or accepting anything other than the glorification of their own ego and consciousness. So they don't get anything. They come in, they get information because that's all they want. But they don't want the, the, the transformation that comes when you meditate on that information. When you have the Odu, the sacred Odu, Iwari Meji, Iwa Ori, what that deals with is a transformation that comes through thought. You know, Iwa character, Ori head, you know. So it's examining the character of the head, which is really, it's thought transformation or thought power, mental power. Some people call it mind power, right? And people who are stuck in a certain zone and want to be stuck in a certain zone, they reject that. So they come in, they get the information, and then they go. Or, you know, they wait till things get uncomfortable, and then they go. And because of that, they don't have any power. All they have is a lot of mouth talking about, I'm this and I'm that, and the ancestors are saying this. And they can put up videos all day of them burning sage and, you know, lighting candles. And it ain't about nothing. Zero. It's about zero. It's about nothing. And... For a long time, I never really said anything about those type of individuals. You know, I, I, I tried to always keep things very clear and very clean. Even amongst my students, sometimes they would send me videos of this one. I would, hey, check this out, chief. Check that out. And it's like, you know, you don't want to, well, I never wanted to come off as arrogant and be like, listen, it may be interesting to you, but it's not to me. I'm so far beyond that. You wouldn't even imagine. I can't believe you can't see I'm far beyond that. You know, but then that, you know, it sounds so arrogant. So it's like, you just be like, oh, thank you. Give thanks. <laughs> and again, and you, you, you keep it moving, you know. Um, but sometimes that does a disservice to the student because they may not realize like, hey, like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. One of the large reasons that I had shut down chief speak, large reason, and I'm going to say about 60% of the reason. There was somebody out at that time, and they're still kind of out, but they're on a serious decline that I knew from the first moment I ever met this individual. And I met this individual back in, uh, I want to say maybe 2007, 2008, something like that. And they were touting themselves as a psychologist. I'm not going to say any names. And... From that moment back then, I knew this person was a clown. I mean, like a legitimate, just like a goofball clown. I'm looking at him like, yeah, you, you just a doofus. And just a lot of talk, a lot of fast talking. Great, great um, orator in many ways. And I always was impressed by this person's memory. Oh, amazing memory. You know, just could run off dates. Uh, this person, this and this day. And I thought that was so amazing. But it doesn't mean you're... Like, it doesn't mean you have the uh, force and the vigor of the almighty to do this work because you don't need a lot of words and dates to heal people. You don't. You just need to be speaking from that container of living water. That's all. And I, this person never had that. I saw that from the giddy up. And um, some of my students, like when they started to, to they became very popular at, at one point. Probably still very popular, but again, it's declining because people have start are starting to see what I always saw is that the person's a con person. They set up scam GoFundMe's and stuff like that. Again, I'm not mentioning any name. Um, so 
some of my students, I knew students who do house students who were in there, like they knew how I, I felt about the program because they would ask me, what about, and I would say, listen, that, he's a clown, man, like freaking con artist. Don't even, like, I can't stand him. <laughs> I can't stand him. You know, and I had a little bit of a hitch because I, I knew some other inside stuff about the person. Uh, because at one point, someone who was very close friends with him, uh, I was in a, in a, re, re, in sort of a relationship, a pre-relationship with, if you will. Um, so I had a lot of inside information before the person was as relevant as they had became, right? Um, but I was like, I just don't like, I don't like people who beguile my people because we're, we're already, <laughs> we got enough problems. Without people coming in here and trying to build hustles off of and capitalize off of their ignorance or their laziness, even right. So, so you know, people knew about how I felt. But um, what happened with Chief Speaks is that it started happening where people were like some of the people who were quote unquote students or archive students, as they called it. I saw that they were like bigging this person up in the same breath as me. Even some of the posts, like these are all the teachers I love who influenced me. Chief Yuya, this person, da 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 da, and a couple other con artists. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. So not that I blame the people, but I just said that I'm doing something wrong, you know. And maybe this this like very passive approach that I have, you know, this live and let live. Maybe it's it's not the right thing to do. And as leaders, you know, we grow. You know, I'm. I'm a student as a chief, not a leader, only of my family. As a chief, I am a student of chieftaincy. You know, so you're growing into the position. So there's some things I had to look at and learn. It's okay, we got to do that different. Don't do it like that again, yada, yada, yada. And it's going to be more. Like I always say, I look to make new mistakes. I don't make the old ones over again. So when I started seeing that happen consistently, I said, you know what? I'm going to shut this thing down. And it was that along with several other things. So I don't want you to think it was just that but that was a huge impetus because i said i'm talking to the wrong people here i am thinking i'm giving people information and they're going to use this information to better the world that they live in and to come together as a nation and as a group to establish you know sustainable um ways of life and and, and compose sustainable environments around each other and really respect the nationhood that we're talking about here. And the truth is I was talking to a lot of people who just wanted online entertainment and I'm not, that's not me. Right. So I started to shut that show down and it shut down December of 2007. Right. And that was a strong reason. Cause I said, if you think I'm like this person, then I don't want to be here anymore. You know, or I'd rather really just speak to the people who can see the difference. But I don't want to talk to all of y'all anymore. <laughs> you know, if, if you if you if I'm coming off like that, then I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm being too disingenuous by not being direct with you as much as I could be. And I had even told people, you know, like, yeah, liars have crooked teeth. And I'm starting to see my teeth are shifting. You know, literally, like I'm seeing my teeth shift. I did a video once. And I was like, what the heck? What's up with that? I always have very straight teeth, you know, and they shift. It's starting to shift. Say, so, yeah. And I thought I said, yeah, because you're holding back too much truth. That's why, you know, trying to kind of baby people in a way and bring them along slowly. 
And all you're doing is bringing along a bunch of dead weight you don't want anyway. So I say, yeah, we're going to shut things down and then we're going to restart in a way that is more sensible and more respectful of the great wisdom that's been imparted to me um, by my elders, uh, corporeal and non-corporeal, right? So that was large reason why we, I brought down Chief Speak. Um, there's living water, you know, there's, there's that real teaching that's prophetic and spirit filled. And then there's, there's regurgitated garbage. And from what I see, 80 to 90% of what out, what's out there is regurgitated garbage, especially the Orisha information. People are always asking me all the time, Chief, who would you recommend? No, I don't recommend anyone. And I'm not saying that to push him towards what I'm doing because I don't have a million and one Orisha product. You know, it's not like I got 20 Orisha books and stuff like that. And yeah, <laughs> I leave that one alone for right now. <laughs> I'm being gracious. But um, <laughs> so it's not like I have, a you know, 20 or so Orisha books, anything like that. So it's not like I'm saying, well, buy mine. Don't buy this, buy mine. It's just that they're all garbage. I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you. They're all garbage. And I've picked up all the ones you've picked up. I've looked in, you know, I used to do these serious searches. I had all these alerts set up in my SEO software and stuff. But any new Orisha thing that would pop up because I was so um, desperate to, to, to connect with other people who had an understanding and were teaching on the level that I was as it pertained in nothing. Right. Same old stuff. Shango is the king. He represents masculinity and sexuality. He has a quick temper. He's the judgment of da da da. Ogun is a fierce warrior. He has a temper. Don't upset Ogun. He's a strong warrior of blood. He doesn't speak much. His colors are red. You know, same garbage over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, no one could even break the words down. You know, I like when I did the show on the Sangoma and I'm like, Sangoma, you know, it's connected to the word Shango. Sangoma means fiery people of the drum, you know, who live inside of the drum like that. You know, people contact me like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that. And uh, right. But meanwhile, you've been initiated for 15 years. You didn't, you didn't know some of these things. Right. So. You know. The creator raises up certain people in certain places at certain times to do certain things and. When we're not obedient to it, it's just a disrespect. But when you're filled with that good information for that, and I'm saying all that, that long prelude, like I said, this one is going to be a little different. Um, you know, this is the one you sit back in a quiet environment and listen to, <laughs> you know, and really make sure you, you hear everything I'm saying to you. Cause it's important what I'm, what I'm sharing with you on this, this, um, seventh day. You know, there comes a time when, uh, we have to accept the pain that comes along with transformation. And, and a lot of times the reason why those people, like I say, they'll come through, get the information and leave because they don't want any pain. They don't want any discomfort. The first time somebody says something to them and they don't like the way they say, I don't like the way they said this to me. I don't like, why can't you say it like that? They want to leave. They want to up and leave because you didn't talk to them the way they want or, you know, or this is too uncomfortable or. You want me to study all this stuff, but I got to go to work and I got to do, you know, and people who people who don't face any hardship never 
ever see the most high. They never see the creator. They never see the supreme intelligence. They never see God. You cannot see God without going through hardship. That's the way this thing works. Whether you got to climb up the side of a mountain, whether you got to swim in a deep sea, whether you got to walk through a frightening valley. That's the only way it happens. It doesn't happen when you're luxuriating somewhere in your home on your lazy boy recliner looking at TV or just looking at the birds out the window. It doesn't happen like that. Now, we may write songs about that or poems about that, but that's not really how it happens. So people will teach that to you and, and they keep you from actually ever accessing. Because, again, like I've said before, we live in a, in a generation of affirmation. This is your year. You're going to make it this year. And those things that have been in your way and those people who have who have slandered you and those people who have spoken against you, God is going to clear them out of the way. And this year, your blessing is coming. And all you have to understand is that Shekinah glory is around the corner. And you may be going through your valley experience, but now God is saying, I'm rising you up to the peak. I'm rising you up to the peak of your awareness, the peak of your consciousness, the peak of your abundance. And that's where I'm bringing you. And you don't have to worry about what's behind you. You just have to go through it to get to it. Go through it. You know, all that, that BS. You know what I mean? Um, I know there's people who heard that was like, all right, that's why I write. All right. I felt that. <laughs> Lost in the sauce. <laughs> So we live in an environment like that. People will shout that stuff all day and night. And then you'll be like, yeah, that, that's, I, I think you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and no one talks about, nah, man. Um, you have to go through the thorny and the uncomfortable to seek God. But the thing is, what you're doing is you're settling for uh, lower spirits because you don't want to see or be God. You just want to have access to do the things of God. And that's what's keeping you screwed up. So you can go online all day and listen to the doing. Oh, do this ritual and do that ritual and do that and do that. Dress like this, dress like that. Talk like this, talk like that. All the doing. But what about the being? The being means you got to worry. You have to examine your character of your own consciousness. And you have to be transformed by better thoughts. That means you have to have a living knowledge inside of you because knowledge is the building block of all existence. Perceived existence. So you have to have that inside of you living and growing and changing that living truth. You see, and then when it when it starts to live and grow and change, then you you begin to live more. You receive more life. You grow more. You change more because it's lived something living inside of you. But how does that deluge come out of you? How is it discharged from you? A lot of times it's through pain. Pain is where we receive our power. And that's where what people are so afraid to go through. So they, they don't have any power. They're going from ritual to ritual, system to system, still can't do nothing, still can't be nothing. Ain't never going to be nothing. Ain't never going to do nothing. Going to just die losing. Because they refuse to go through the real pain. And sometimes the pain is, Hey, you can't talk to people like that. You know, you're very rude. Who raised you? Sometimes that's the pain. Addressing that. Well, no one really raised me. You know, I just kind of went to school every day, came home, did what I wanted to do, and then I moved out one day. Nobody really paid any attention to me. 
Maybe that's the pain you got to address. Maybe it's a lifetime of poor decision making that you have to address. Maybe it's a lifetime of never addressing what good character looks like because those conversations weren't had in your home as a child. Words like respect and virtue and honor and, and integrity and endurance and stamina and devotion and commitment. Maybe people never even used words like that. And it's, it's painful having to acknowledge that, but then also have to now finally go through it at whatever age that you may be at. You see, or again, I don't like the way this one talked to me because you're triggered by everything because no one can ever speak to you from a disciplinarian point of view because you weren't raised properly. Nobody ever disciplined you and never any consequences to your actions. So you're not used to being told what to do. You're not used when someone like me says, stop talking and listen to what I'm saying. You don't like how that feels. Or when I say something like women have a place and men have a place, you don't like how that feels. Who are you to tell me what my place is? I'm, I'm chief Yuya. So if you're in this, in this nation, then I'm an authority here. If you're not, don't worry about it. Go somewhere else. Go listen to some chatter, chatterbox on YouTube who will tell you all these great affirmations about yourself, but somehow, somehow you still can't seem to find healing in your life. Deep down, when everything is quiet and you take the earbuds out of your ear, you still hate yourself. You still hate what your life looks like. You hate the relationship that you have with your children, if you have children or if you have any relationship with them. You hate all of those unwanted sexual experiences that you've had all your life. You hate the thought and the idea. You hate your job. You're lonely. You're sad. You're depressed. But you can't seem to heal from it. No matter how much information you take in, can't seem to heal from it because you ain't took in the living information. And when it comes to you, it, 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 it hits you different because it's moving. You see, it's moving as opposed to all the dead information that people can prattle off a hundred miles a minute. That, that excites you for the moment because there's charisma behind it, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't assault. You're thinking you can still think the same way. And then you could jump up and say, yeah, I was feeling the same way. How could you be feeling the same way as the teacher? Aren't they supposed to be feeling at a higher vibration than you are? Or are you minimizing and reducing what they're saying to your feeling? For your own comfort. It might be one of one of them. Or they're just not real teachers. Because like I've always said, real teaching is offensive. It offends the ego. And sometimes that's the pain. You you attacking my ego. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to feel that. Okay, well, don't. Stay there and, and rot in your own demise. But for you, our new, new water. You're moving and there's a current and there's a flow. And you are creating the current because you are the agitation of the water. You see, that's the Oya, the agitation of the water, the waves that exist inside of the water. The only things that really go with the flow are dead fish. Now you decide which one you want to be, right? So, of course, it's going to be information that, you know, um, we're going to say early on and then people will catch up with it later. Just like you take someone like Shaharazad Ali, how ahead of her time was she? How relevant are the things she talked about back in 1986, 1987? How relevant are they 
to this day. And how was she received, for those of you who remember, and ridiculed back then? But here we are. <laughs> she was ahead of her time. There's a lot of people ahead of their time. Amos Wilson, ahead of his time. You weren't ready. But we, we love the mythology. We love the stories. We love that. We love talking about Bobby Hemmett all day and the occultism. But we don't like to talk about after he had the stroke and he said, man, F all that. I ain't into none of that no more because when I was sick and later with my stroke, not one of them archangels came in and helped me out. And I called all of them. Why doesn't anybody ever quote that one? That, that, and he said, right now what I'm focused on is my mind. Consciousness, my mind. Iwari Meji. It's almost like how people treat Dr. Martin Luther King. They forget that last speech when he was like, man, forget this nonviolence. It ain't working. Let's focus on some economic boycott and hit him where it hurts. They don't talk about that one, you see. So I just say that to say you got to go through that pain because this is what happens when you go through the pain. Like you've heard me say before that when your soul is ripped apart, when that happens, uh, you then ask yourself critical questions. You ask yourself critical questions. So what happens when the soul of a person who's been filled with living waters is ripped apart? See, what happens? Well, what happens is this. What pours out is power. That's that's the dangerous thing. The most dangerous thing you can do to a person who's truly been filled with living truth and knowledge, the most dangerous thing that you can do is pierce because of what's going to come out. You see. Now, if you've been filled with a whole lot of dead information and, and you get pierced or attacked or whatever, it doesn't matter because ain't nothing coming out. You might get beat up on the side of the road or something like that. And you just, you know, say, hey, well, you know, y'all doing the best you can and, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, you know, nothing, nothing really uh, transforming is going to go out. It's going to come out. You know, like we use the term like sleeping awakened giant. I mean, awakening a sleeping giant. You know, and it makes me think about there was a movie that came out in 1985 um, by the name of Cocoon. And I know for a lot of you, you're like, what? <laughs> what? You know, like because it's 1985, right? That's ancient history. But um, it was a really cool movie. You know, it was it was about a group of extraterrestrials who um, who came to Earth. And um, they basically they were they were they were on Earth before they were part of a of a ancient race called the Antarian. And, um, you know, and and I'm, you know, it ain't even a movie you got to watch. I mean, if you want to watch, could, but it's not like it's not like a classic, <laughs> you know, you, you might watch and be like, OK, I just wasted, you know, like two hours of time, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it, it depends, you know, but like for. For us older individuals, we, you know, it's a good like walk down memory lane. And, um, and it was kind of a cool movie too because, um, it had like a lot of, it, it was about, um, you know, these aliens that went to these, the senior home and basically the aliens themselves were senior citizens and they had lived on earth before when, um, there was Atlantis and when Atlantis sunk into the ground, um, some of them had left. And then some of them had stayed, so they had came back to this retirement home, which 
um, I don't, I don't remember what the setting was supposed to be, but I know that it was filmed in St. Petersburg, Florida. So I'm going to assume, uh, it was supposed to be, you know, St. Petersburg or whatever, but it was essentially like, you know, a Florida, uh, retirement home. And, um, so, so essentially what happened was, you know, they had came back to retrieve their friends, but what they did in the process was that they put on alien, I'm sorry, (laughs) they put on human skin as a disguise to cover what they really were. And they had to, they, they, what they did was they took, they had their friends who, because they were, again, they sunk into, into the water. And so they retrieved them out of the water. You know, they, they hired a boat and the boat was, uh, the guy's name was Jack, Captain Jack. And the boat was owned by, by the actor, uh, Jeff Gutenberg, uh, Steve Gutenberg, excuse me. Um, I don't think he's, I think he did police academy and that was about it after that. I don't think we ever heard from him again. Um, but anyway, so, um, and he was Mahoney in police academy. And again, that probably doesn't mean anything to most cause it's like ancient history, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so yeah, so basically they, they pulled them, they dug them out of the water and, um, and then what they did was they, they brought them to a pool that they had on their property and, um, the, the, the pool, what they charged it with what they call life essence. And through that life essence, they were able to revive because they had to revive their friends to a certain level so that they could they could bring them back home so they can make the trip, you know, through 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 space to get back home. And um, long story short, I mean, it's probably already it's been long already, so I don't know if I can call it short at this point. But um, so essentially, there was some old people who lived nearby who used to always sneak into that house. These three old guys, they would sneak into the house. And they would swim in the pool like they were basically pool hop. You know, they lived in this retirement uh, community. And um, so they got into the pool with the uh, Antarians who were there in cocoons because they were they were being healed and charged up for the for the trip. And um, basically what happened is that the, the life force of those cocooned and Antarians, it started to charge them and like rejuvenate them to the point like. They were fighting and breakdancing and like having sex with their wives again. Like they were, it, you know, it was reversing the aging process. So, um, long story short, um, eventually, uh, Captain Jack or Steve Gutenberg, um, finds out, you know, that they're, they're aliens. They revealed themselves onto the boat on a boat. You know, they were out and, and, and one of the, he was spying on one of the girls who was an alien. Her name was Kitty. And um, he saw when she took off her human skin, he saw the light that she was underneath. And he was like, oh, my goodness, you know, your, your UFOs. Yada, yada. So they convinced him to help him. And they went and, you know, they continued to drag the cocoons out of the water and bring it back home to their pool. And then eventually um, what happened was the old people, basically one of them let, let the secret out. Like, this is why we so young and everything. So all the old people in the community jumped into the pool and they they sucked all of the life out of the Antarians who were there. So they made them so weak that they weren't even strong enough now to make the trip back home. Like, I think one of them, they killed, you know, um, it, long story, you know what I'm saying? But like, it was a messed up part of the, the movie. Cause it was like, it, you know, it kind of makes you think about just how people use up resources and whatever. But, um, 
But what was always interesting is like when they took off the skin and you saw their light body as Antarians. And there was a scene with one of the characters. And like I said, this, it was, it was, uh, it probably doesn't mean anything to a lot of you because I know I got a lot of younger listeners. Um, but it was like a lot of OGs of like the acting back then. Like you had Donna Michi and, um, um, Jack Guilford, uh, Jessica, St- Jessica Tandy, um, uh, what's the name? Wilford Brimley. Um, so it was like a lot of, old head like these you know because they played again they went in a retirement community um and they were all in this one movie together you know but um so at one point one of the characters like he revealed himself like he pulled down his eyelid you see that in the trailer and then all this light comes out of his eyelid and he's like you know this is what i really am you know what i mean i'm this light body inside of this 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 human you know this human skin and i'm really an antarian which again like i said it's you know, they were on the planet 10,000 years prior to. Um, now I've done some channeling years ago and contacted Antarian energy. Now that's a whole nother thing. We're not getting to that right now because now we just talking about signs of the times, but they're, they are a real force. They're real. Um, you ain't gonna learn much from the movie, but you can watch it. I mean, you, you might, like I said, like, it's 1985. So, you know, special effects was like all, you know, crazy cheesy and the comedy was, uh, it was kind of fun. Actually, it was funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Just it was funny once the old the old men like rejuvenated and they was like fighting and dancing and stuff. Like I don't know, that was funny. But you know, again, it's different different time. You know. But anyway, we're talking about power and pain, man. You know. So in order in order for their power to be released as Antarians, like there was a scene when Kitty and and, and um Jack had had sex, and she was like, well, basically. Like, I can't have sex with you like, you know, like a human would have sex. So um, what she did was she said she 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 had him get in the pool and then she took off a human skin and then she shared her life force with him, like her ashe. Basically, she shared it with him. And like, of course, he was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've never felt anything like that before. It was better than, quote unquote, sex, even though that's what sex really is supposed to be. But um the skin had to be taken off for that to be released. And, you know, what made me really think about it, you know, one of my elders had thanked me the other day uh, after I put up my last clip and was like, thank you for doing what you do and for being who you are and helping, helping our people. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I'm just doing what I do, you know, but yeah, welcome. But, you know, and then I thought about, what it really takes to really change and help people. And I've said it before, like you got to take on the modeling of the Christ consciousness and Christ had to be sacrificed in order to, you know, bring some change to the world. And that's what it really is like. And then there's still a lot of people is like, nah, I ain't into that. <laughs> you know, even, even with that. Right. And I'm talking about his own people because he didn't die for everybody. That whole thing, like God so loved the world. You got to break down the Hebrew on that. God doesn't love everybody. It's God loves his people. And there's a difference. But anyway, this ain't about. It. But it kind of is, though, because that's what this Corona thing is about. That's what it's actually about. You know, but anyway. So. Think about when they took that spear and pierced his side. Or when they put the nails in him. Now, let's go with the story. I know a lot of you get turned off when we start talking about stuff like this. But and if you turned off, just leave. 
That's all. Just leave. You don't have to. St- you don't have to stay around. You can leave. Um, or those of you who again have that mercurial energy, who can flow between different concepts and are not immediately offended when you hear the word Christ or Bible or Hebrew or whatever, and come on and come on in and learn something and learn how to really truly protect yourself from all of these plagues that are coming. Because if you think this is the last one, you got another thing coming. This ain't. This is barely the. We haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even scratched the surface. So again, you know, um, <laughs> if you're easily offended by ideas that you feel have nothing to do with you as a consciously aware person, then uh, you know, yeah, just just beat it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the rest of you, you can you you can get the real stuff. But think about what happened when they threw all them holes in and 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 uh, Yahawashai. Think about what happened. And then all that blood and this power in the blood, Ashe is in the blood, the melanin is in the blood, the ancestors in the blood. All that blood started leaking out. What was leaking out? Living water. (laughs) Oshun was leaking out. Power was leaking out. You see? So that was like the worst thing they could have did. That was like the worst thing they could have did was kill him. It's like Obi-Wan in, in Star Wars. Like, yo, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine. You see? So, a lot of times we're so afraid to go through, go through things and be pierced. Because we're afraid of that, you know, it will change us forever. But, but we don't realize that there's so much power inside of us. That once we get pierced, there's a deluge that comes. For those of us who've been receiving the living word. Those of us who've been receiving. Now the rest, no, you're just going to get cut up. (laughs) That's it. You just get cut. You just get stabbed up. That's it. But for those who've been receiving and having in them, that's the activator. See, we have an opportunity now, and I'll get into that in some other segments. In fact, I'm not even going to do the reading I was going to do. I was going to read some some information. I'll do it another time. Because we're we're already at almost an hour now. But for those of us who are filled with this deeper and more more crystalline understanding, all this is is an activator. That's all you that's that's all it is. Like, oh what? Really? You stabbing up my bank account? <laughs> you stabbing up the job? Can't go outside. Yada yada yada. And it's this and there's a sacred science to that. I'll get into that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll break that down for you. Um, all of these different things are happening and it's so amazing and so beautiful because that piercing that we're going through now, the pain that we're going through now, a lot of people are scared and nervous. Man, like, you know, what am I going to do on the other side of this? Uh, New York has said, you know, like we found out that there'll be evictions after this. Like, yeah, they're putting a pause on evictions if you don't pay and they're not chasing you for the pay, but they're expecting all of the back rent. There's no, there's going to be no forbearance or relief for that. So, you know, uh, you could come out on the other side of this whenever it is and then be facing an eviction, like immediately go to eviction court. Cause what better way, you know, there's already gentrification processes happening in the, what better way to get these people out? Thank you. 
This is just what I was waiting for. <laughs> and then you get that little punk little stimulus check, little thousand or twelve hundred, where you're gonna spend it on rent or you're gonna spend it on food. When now we're we're in a time right now as as I was speaking earlier, we were we were having a team meeting and I was sharing that, you know, the food pantries in California have been asking people for donations, as well as the ones in New Jersey. And you think about that. The food pantries are asking for people to donate food to them. Because they're running out of food. So what happens after that? Well, of course, the National Guard will hand out boxes of food for people after you let them know how many people live in your house. That will determine the rations you get. And then what happens when they run out of food? Because it's not an infinite supply of food. They're already throwing out grains and milk and things like that because they're just sitting. So what happens now when that stuff gets thrown out? Well, then I guess you go back to the truck the next day to get some food. And they sit there and they got, they got, a, they got guns in your face and assault rifles telling you to go back home. Turn around and go back home. There will be notes posted on your door. But we don't believe that it really happened, right? <laughs> that won't really happen. I mean, come on. In a month or so, they'll clean up everything. And then we'll be able to uh, go back to the way things were. Or at least some semblance of it. Yeah, some things have changed. But for the most part, this is a pretty tough country. And America's been through some tough things before, sure. Right. Or could this be it? Could this be it? Right. I mean, think about what happened since 9-11. I mean, all the airport security stuff. I've been detained in countries behind now what they're what they're able to do. And I mean, literally detained for days behind what they're able to do now because of 9-11. So what does this this do now? Because, you know, how do they track now who has it doesn't who doesn't? So when they open these companies and these and these doors back open, how do they know who properly quarantined themselves? And who caught it at the last minute? <laughs> you know, and now goes into a into a company and infects everyone all over again. How do they know who who has immunities to it and doesn't? Well, like they keep implying now that they're going to have to create some better structured system of tracking. They keep saying that. But, you know, if you know anything about leadership, you know that leaders don't think out loud. They don't, you know, um, presuppose different ideas out loud. If they say something out loud, it's for good reason. You know, everyone's so worried about the RFID chip. Why would they need an RFID chip when you're already on your phone? They got the phone. You're already chipped. Not to say that you won't get chipped, but you, you keep thinking of this far off thing and not realizing it's now. And that discomfort and pain that you may have to go through right now that you don't want to go through, you don't realize that that's a releasing of your power. And if you won't allow the expression and the deluge of your power to vet itself out, then the creator will allow the enemy to poke that hole in you. So to come out that way. How do you think I got so good at this? How do you think I know so much stuff? People ask me all the time, how do you know all this stuff? Or when they see me do rituals and then things happen like, like, wow, like, how did you, we just talked about that. Or you just went down there and did such and such. Now all of a sudden this is, how did, how did, how do you, how do you get so good at that? You know how many times I've been stabbed and poked up and from how many sides I've been stabbed and poked up? I've been stabbed in my back more times than I can count. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know how many holes I got in me? 
So how many times did my power get activated and activated and activated and activated because I'm filled with so much living truth that every time you stab me or try to hurt me, all you do is just activate another level of my power. The point, you know, I'm walking around like a super saiyan. And I hear you want to do it again. You want to stab me again? You sure you want to do that? You know, it's like the Incredible Hulk thing. It's not going to really work out for you. You know, so you really sure you want to do that? Now, we could do it the hard way. <laughs> you can get stabbed up or you could do it the easier way. But either way, it's going to be some obstacles. going to be some pain you're going to have to go through to release that. And the pain may have to be, you know what? I'm not waiting around anymore for these people to decide what they're going to do. I'm going to make some moves for myself. I'm going to do for self. You know, I'll take my little check and buy me a piece of junk land in New Mexico somewhere where they hardly have any cases. Just to get the water issue. And I'll just go live on that on an acre, <laughs> you know, of junk land in New Mexico. But at least I'm safe. And just build from there. Or buy something somewhere in Arkansas where nobody wants to be. Or whatever. Or I'm going to take my little money and leave. Go to some place where that money is stretched for over a year. You know, I'll go to Guatemala. I'll go to, you know, or wherever. But I'm just saying, and I'm not telling you to do those things, but I'm just saying, this is some, you know, maybe your, th- your mind may think like that, but, you know, that may be the pain that you have to face. Man, it's over. And we, we had a nice run, but it, it's it's over. And over doesn't mean like I'll never be able to go back to job to, to my job or I'll never make money again. But um, what I have known of society and this structure is done. Is done. You know, not just because so many people are dying, but also because the economy just collapsed. And not only did the economy collapse, well, it wasn't looking that hot before all of this. With all the layoffs and everything like that, people going up into into schools and movie theaters and shooting people up, the, the police brutality, all those different things. And I'll speak about that in the next segment. I'm going to talk about that because all that was a sign of something. All of that was a sign, you see. But maybe, you know, you might finally go through that pain you don't want to go through. Hey, I got to leave. I love where I live. I'm in the city. It's convenient. I got this store here. I got that store there. I can walk wherever I want to go. But maybe I need to go live in the middle of nowhere. And finally, like I knew people should be. This is just for our new people. The rest of you don't worry about it. Keep doing what you know. I have to live in a way where I am separated and segregated from those who live lifestyles who are completely diametrically opposed to what I'm living or striving to live because I am now being visited with their damn curses. Just because I want to be among them, I want to work among them, I want to school among them, I want to live among them. Now look what the heck is happening because I was not able to discern between my people and my spiritual nation. You heard me say I knew it was a bloodline. I wasn't joking. I wasn't saying it because it sounded cool. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to cap it off here. I had more that I wanted to share with you. I was, I was ready to make this a two hour segment, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'll leave this here and then, um, between now and next seventh day or next seventh day, uh, I will give you the other part that I was going to share with you. 
Um, and it's, and it's, an, it's a real awakener. And I, and I will that you take it as such. It's a real awakener, what I have to share with you. All right. Um, but I trust that this was a real awakener and you're ready to get serious about these things we've been teaching. And for those of you who ain't, don't worry about it. it just, it's entertainment. That's all. You know, it's just, just keep it right where it's at. It's entertainment. And after I turn this off, I'm going to go listen to some other fool, you know. <laughs> um, but for those of you with ears to hear and eyes to see and a mind to uh, synthesize what's coming in, you know, yeah, it's, it's time for the gorillas to grow wings. <laughs> all right. Until such time, all of you, uh, please continue to be well and be safe. This is Chief Yuya. And for those little other little tidbits, you know, all my social media is Chief Yuya. All right. But again, in the description of these videos is always all the information that you could possibly ever need. All right. For now. <laughs> Peace, everyone. Be well.